This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by Manscaped. If you've never been to Iceland, it's definitely a trip to put on your bucket list. Mm -hmm. This cold, tiny island nation is unique in many ways. The beautiful, rugged landscapes, the northern lights, the interesting cuisine, the Brennivin liquor that you'll hate and then love, uh, the puffins. Those goofy puffins. But Iceland is also home to the world's largest penis museum, the Icelandic Phallological Museum in Reykjavik, which hosts over 300 penises from over 100 species of mammals, as well as several penises purportedly taken from mythological creatures like elves and trolls. It is a tremendous collection that answers the questions that zoos and natural history museums are too afraid to answer. Hey, that's a cool-looking animal, but what does its dick look like? Mm -hmm. They Time won't look tell under you. The hood. Yeah. yeah, let me take a look. The Icelandic Phallological Museum has been in operation since the late 90s and has even had a documentary made about its search for the first human specimen, but uh, the museum and its founder were recently profiled in The Guardian in its Experience series, in which interesting people write about what makes them interesting. Experience has been running in The Guardian weekly for 17 years, and it's always got an eye-catching headline. Uh, recent examples include, Experience, a helicopter crashed into the pub I was drinking in. Experience, I searched for my father for 16 years and discovered he was a murderer. Experience, I taught two dogs to fly a plane. And experience, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle erupted in my front room. So a lot of stories over the years have been ones that we've also covered on this show. And this week, when they published Experience, I Opened the World's Largest Penis Museum, we knew we had some serious content on our hands. Always good to have content. Now, even I'm wondering, world's largest penis museum or world's largest penis museum? I mean, probably both. I think in terms of number of specimens and also the size of the penises, because he's got a whale penis that's, like, quite long. Yeah. So, so yeah, here's Penis Museum founder Sigurther Hjartarsson describing how it all started. One night in 1974, I was having a drink with my fellow teachers after school and playing bridge. The conversation turned to farming in Iceland. We were discussing how the industry finds a use for every part of the animal. Take lamb, for instance. The meat is eaten, the skin used for clothes, the intestines for sausages, and the bones turned into toys for kids. Someone asked if there was a use for the penis, which made me recall how, as a child, I had been given a dried bull's penis as a whip to drive the animals out to pasture every day. I was telling my fellow teachers about this and said that I would be interested in finding a whip like that again. Well, said one of my friends, you might be lucky. He was returning to his family's farm that weekend and offered to find me some pizzles, a very old word for penis. I agreed, and the next week my friend came back with four bull's penises in a plastic bag. I took them to a local tannery and had them preserved. I gave three away as Christmas presents and kept the fourth. That was the start of my collection. Cool. I mean, he says after that, as kind of a goof, his friends with jobs in farming and whaling started just giving him the penises of dead animals that they had encountered on the job. I know a guy who would uh, who would get a kick out of this. Yeah, save the penis. Yeah. It's spoken for. Don't toss the penis. And Charterson learned how to preserve these penises. After a few years of building up a collection of animal penises, he then got the idea of trying to collect the penises of every species of Iceland and make a second career out of it. He writes... By 1997, I had amassed 63 specimens, and the story of my collection had become more well-known. I was invited to display it in a small space in the center of Reykjavik, and my penis museum, or the Phallological Museum, to give it its proper name, was born. There are a lot of different ways to preserve a penis, and I have tried all of them. <laughs> so the collection varies between dried, stuffed, and mounted penises, and also those floating in alcohol or formaldehyde. We got all sorts of penises. It slaps... Phallological Museum, you can fit a whole lot of different types of penises in this yeah. movie. 
So Hjardarsson's son eventually took over running the museum and moved it into a larger, more permanent space, and the number of specimens has continued to grow as the museum's fame has increased. Because if you're going to send someone a penis, the list of people who actually want one is pretty short. Mm -hmm. So all throughout the world, anytime someone's got a penis on their hands, like, ah, I think I know someone who might want this. Yes. Although I imagine shipping it internationally has got to be a little tricky. Yeah, yeah. Hello, customs officer, don't worry. It's nothing, nothing weird. It's nothing strange. It's just, this it's is, a penis. Uh, quite literally, this belongs in a museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hjardarsson writes, The collection is very large today, as people have sent in specimens. The largest, from a sperm well, is about six feet long, while the smallest, from a European mouse, is less than a millimeter and must be looked at through a magnifying glass. <laughs> we have one human penis on display from a 95-year-old man who left it to us in his will in 2011. A few well-endowed humans, one from America and one from Germany, have promised to donate theirs when they die. They are young, though, so we will have to wait a while for those. You might call me a bit eccentric. At first, people thought there was something wrong with me, but over time, they saw I was a serious collector who was precise and accurate with the information I kept and that there was nothing pornographic about my collection. I'm happy that people don't think I'm a pervert anymore. Anymore. <laughs> for a while there, it was real rough goings. No, it's not weird. Yeah. Uh, they, no one's talking about all these weird dicks. Because I can't remember the what ended up with the story, but at one point, wasn't Napoleon's dick in New Jersey? Uh, yeah, so or like supposedly like... his dick. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I believe it somehow ended up... It got passed through generations. Uh, yeah, it ended up in New Jersey, and then uh, I think like Rasputin's penis is... Yeah, that's another one that's Somewhere there. in a jar, and it's fucking huge. They need to just focus on this one museum. I think that it, it, as a collection... It should be the best. Yeah. And this isn't even the weirdest uh, museum in Iceland. They have that one that has the McDonald's Big Mac in it. Oh, right. Yeah, we talked about that years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, the McDonald's in Iceland has been closed for 20 they years They kept it something. as an artifact. Yeah, it was like the final Big Mac at the Reykjavik McDonald's, and it's just been sitting under a glass dome. And hasn't really changed. In a hostel for that entire time. They're like, here it is. The yeah. last Big Mac ever sold. I wonder if they sell the whale penis beer at this museum, because that would be like a really good integration. Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did have some weird food in Iceland. It would, I wouldn't put it past them to put a little whale dick into something. Yeah. I ate puffin, and I, I regret to inform you that it is delicious. It is, and they are just the goofiest looking little animals. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, little buddy. Yeah. You taste real good. They're literally the those those things in Star Wars are based off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sigurther Harderson uh, is pretty old now and has retired to a small town, but he said he's really enjoyed collecting so many penises and is proud of his very unique accomplishment. He closes the article with, Some people collect stamps or rare coins. I chose instead to collect the phallus. Someone had to do it. And he's right. I mean, it's extremely weird and interesting how so many animals all have basically the same parts, just arranged slightly differently. But then when you start looking at dicks, that just goes completely out the window because they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. I mean, spiky, twisty, long, wide, multi-pronged, you name it. It gets real weird. Yeah, penises are very weird, and it's a, a great thing what this old man in Iceland has done to bring attention to them. It's finally time for the penis to have its day in the yeah. sun. Yeah, and it's a destination. Yeah. You, you know, it's one of the only places you could probably look and uh, the, the widest selection of penises you could ever want. Yeah. All the museums outside of Iceland, too scared. Worried about alienating their uh, their guests. I would think maybe Amsterdam would be another Worried place. about getting accused of grooming by having a whale penis on his Oh, this would never... Well, I, this would never fly in Florida. No. 
The Penis Museum is grooming our kids into being zoophiles. We have taken the Penis Museum's special tax status away from it. <sighs> that, yeah, that just happened. That'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Disney, Disney is, so Disney essentially runs their own government. They have a company town, essentially. Yeah, Reedy is, Creek. Which is bad in a lot of ways. But um, Ron DeSantis has just sort of revoked that status and uh, may not look at all the negative sides of how that's going to play out. For him and the yeah. state of Florida, uh, because the Disney local was, actual governments are going to have to take over yeah. uh, all of that. Disney from was Disney. picking up a lot of the slack on its own. Now, that, and now, now the burden not. will come on the Florida taxpayers. But in the long con, I think that might be his game, because he wants everyone to be really angry at Disney. I guess it's yeah. all so stupid. Yeah, especially and right out, Disney gave, gives all these fucking Republicans so much money. And the second they're like, oh, actually, we don't hate gay people. They're like, groomer, we're taking away everything. Fuck yeah. you. As we said, it's going to be an interesting year because it is a uh, election year. So uh, oh, things are certainly interesting already. Yeah. And bad. Very bad. Uh, in other news, though, we promise the show hasn't just turned into like reading Guardian articles to you. But uh, they published some good stuff. And uh, they also released another banger of an article this week that's also very relevant to our interests, yours and ours. An interview with Peter McIndoe, founder of Birds Aren't Real. And uh, it's an interview where he actually is not in character as a guy who sincerely believes that the U.S. government killed all the birds several decades ago and then replaced them with robotic surveillance devices. So we get to see uh, him pull back the curtain a little bit on this whole surprisingly popular operation of his and finally hear about what motivated him to make up a completely bonkers but totally self-aware conspiracy theory for uh, the Gen Z crowd. Yeah, and if you've somehow missed our previous coverage on birds aren't real, we've basically already explained it. Uh, it's not that complicated, but you should definitely seek out Peter McAnew's uh, earlier interviews with local news shows. Uh, those shows are always starred for exclusive content, so there's plenty of amazing footage of this guy explaining to news anchors with a straight face that birds are not real. And nowadays, though, he's getting featured in the New York Times, and he's talking to people like Howard Stern. So he's gotten too big to prank local news shows. Uh, he's got a strong social media presence, all in character and very sincere, and has managed to attract massive crowds of young people to Birds Aren't Real rallies, which don't really seem all that different compared to QAnon rallies, aside from all being a big joke and not based around terrifyingly sincere beliefs. I believe uh, they, are, they have a podcast now, too, on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah, they got a little show, a weird yeah. little talk show. They had uh, Taylor Lorenz on yeah. after she did some uh, gotcha journalism on them. She, they they yeah. invited her back in the studio to set the record straight, yeah. and I, I don't think it went very well. But yeah, uh, but yeah they're, uh, they're getting it done. They're getting the word out about those birds yes. and how they're fake. Yeah. But what's Peter McIndoe's deal? Why did he decide to do all this? Well, according to this Guardian interview, during the women's marches of early 2017, he noticed all the right-wing counter-protesters on the sidelines of the women's march in Memphis and decided, uh, fuck it, he he's going to go down and stand with them and hold up a sign that had, like, absolutely nothing to do with what was going on. Just a, a silly sign standing with a, bunch of with a bunch of cranks. So the article says, that statement was, birds aren't real. As he stood with the counter-protesters and they asked what his sign meant, he improvised. He said he was part of a movement that had been around for 50 years and was originally started to save American birds, but had failed. The deep state had destroyed them all and replaced them with surveillance drones. Every bird you see is actually a tiny feathered robot watching you. It continues, the day of the Women's March, as McIndoe ad-libbed his conspiracy to whoever would listen, he had no plan. 
He was talking about robot birds one minute and Hillary Clinton, a trope used by conspiracists about Hillary Clinton the next. I was just saying things that were the funniest thing to me at the time. It was a character based on the people I grew up around, he says. I grew up in rural, deeply conservative Arkansas in a homeschool environment. I had these intensely negative experiences of it. I'm not a conservative person. At a very young age, I became more of an observer than a participant, which created a real loneliness from an ideological standpoint. And yeah, it sounds like this guy grew up in an intensely religious and insular world and came out of it with some serious insight into the fundamentalist Christian worldview and how it has so much crossover with conspiracy theories like Pizzagate and QAnon. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, you get homeschooled in a tight-knit religious community, you either come out of it an absolute freak or uh, totally normal like Peter McIndoe. Yeah, there's kind of no (laughs) in-between. Yeah, but yeah, so it turns out someone got his little act at the Women's March on video and uploaded it to Facebook, and it went viral in ways that Peter did not expect. Quote, I remember seeing videos of people chanting birds aren't real at high school football games and seeing graffiti of birds aren't real. At first, I thought, this is crazy. But then I wondered, what is making this resonate with people? So he ended up deciding to drop out of college and work on birds aren't real full time, which seems pretty crazy, but it seems to have also worked out great for him so far. Uh, He and his fellow birds aren't real organizers have created an entire fake movement that has uh, really caught on with those Gen Z demographic that uh, we just can't just can't put our finger on them. How do we how do we market to these kids? You you make a fake conspiracy. That's how you do it's it. It's a it's a very uh, pleasing aesthetic too. Like all of the everything surrounding it is just done perfectly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. McIndoe describes birds aren't real as a collective role playing experiment and says that it's been weirdly successful at attracting people from very uh, very different political backgrounds to get in on the joke and role play together. As for how Birds Aren't Real has gone over with real conspiracy theorists, it sounds like a bit of a mix. I mean, on the one hand, he says, uh, they'll approach me like I'm their brother, like I'm part of their team. They will start spouting hateful rhetoric and racist ideas because they feel as if I'm safe. But on the other hand, a lot of them don't like being made fun of. They think Birds Aren't Real is a CIA psyop. Uh, They think that we are the CIA. We're put out there as a weapon against conspiracy theorists. And that's actually a thing that has happened. The, yeah. The, I mean, the CIA, the, the, the history of the CIA is fucking wild. Yeah. But um, they, they did uh, back in, like, the 70s. They're just like, what if we just started... Because we're up to a bunch of fucked up shit. Well, what if we just started planting uh, even crazier shit out there to make everyone who validly criticizes us for, like, MK Ultra seem like cranks? Mm-hmm. Pretty good plan. It's a pretty good plan. As for Birds Aren't Real's long-term goals, uh, Peter McIndoe sees it as a creative collective with lots of room to evolve with time. But for now, the way he describes Birds Aren't Real is actually uh, pretty poetic. Quote, we talk about it like an igloo, making a shelter out of the same thing that's posing a threat. Take the materials of what is around us, build something with them, be safe in there together, and laugh. Basically, we live in an age of just, like, insane people and their stupid conspiracies. So, uh... We're going to take that nonsense and uh, make a family out of it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Good it's like them. It's, it's a few steps away from the Flat Earthers, which do have a lot of weirdo cranks inside well, of that. Flat computer. Earthers started off as a joke. Yeah. And then got taken seriously. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with this is like, y- y- 
at some level, there are actual relationships being formed and friendships being formed through this. Yeah. And that's what kind of got the Flat Earth thing yeah. uh, really popular. It's just because, something to get involved in. Yeah, it's like being a part of any group. It's like, hey, look, I finally belong to something. It might be weird, but at least I feel accepted. Yeah. This also has like similarities to, you remember like Improv Everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really popular in the early 2000s where it's just flash mobs and shit. Yeah. It's like that, but less annoying. And you get to be in on a joke. And everybody yeah. likes being in on a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move over to some 420 news. What's up, smoke tokers? Snoop Dogg's coming to COD. Uh, yeah, I think he's already in COD. There you I, go. I would hope so. Uh, the annual unofficial cannabis holiday was this past week, and while that resulted in some fun news, like the city of Denver, Colorado, hitting a temperature of 69 degrees at exactly 4.20 p.m. on 4.20. Nice. Here's some not-so-fun 420 news. On Tuesday, April 20th, in Callaway County, Missouri, a minor multi-vehicle crash on Highway I-70 resulted in 500 pounds of marijuana strewn across several lanes of traffic. I mean, it's either a 420 miracle or a 420 disaster, depending on how you look at it. But it doesn't sound like anyone else on the highway seized upon the opportunity. Uh, and for the occupants of the truck that was carrying all that weed, it was absolutely a disaster <laughs> because recreational cannabis is illegal in Missouri. And the three people in the truck are believed to have trafficked the weed all the way from Mexico. Yeah, they're probably going, to, going away for a while. Bummer. Yeah. But this uh, if they would just fucking legalize it. Uh, there would be no need for trafficking from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. But speaking of 420 oopsies, this next story has nothing to do with weed, but it did happen on 420 and probably would have been a lot scarier under the influence, at least if it was me. Yeah. Uh, here's USA Today. The U.S. Capitol was briefly evacuated Wednesday evening after police identified an aircraft that they said posed a probable threat. But the plane was actually carrying members of the U.S. Army Golden Knights, who then parachuted into Nationals Park for a pregame demonstration. The alert from the U.S. Capitol Police sent congressional staffers fleeing from the Capitol and legislative building around 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The incident suggested a stunning communications failure between the military and the Capitol Police. That's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> All the more remarkable because of Washington's focus on improving security since the January 6, 2021 attack on the building by supporters of then-President Donald Trump. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi blamed the Federal Aviation Administration in a statement Wednesday night saying its apparent failure to notify Capitol Police of the pre-planned flyover national stadium is outrageous and inexcusable the faa did not respond to a request for comment this literally happened here on opening night of the dodgers there was f-35s flying over and on like the local subreddit people were just like we're going to war it, not that extreme but to the point where it was just like isn't it sickening that they do such military training exercises over our beautiful city and it's like that does happen but yeah. this was this was literally an exhibition for a uh, sporting event, which I also don't agree with. I, I remember texting Elliot uh, a picture of it and being like, literally the most expensive yeah. uh, uh, sporting event crowd device ever. Just trillions. There it is. Yeah, LA is a uh, is used as a uh, it's used as an urban flyover like training area for all the air bases in Southern California. So yeah. they, it is pretty often you look up, you'll see a weird like attack helicopters. One time there was uh, a whole fleet of uh, Ospreys flying that's over usually like Burbank. I was like, what the fuck is going on? usually because the president or vice president yeah. is in. Kamala has a house here. So that was the one time where I was like legitimately like, army, is there a war happening? What is, what the fuck? Because they're, they're so loud. They fly so low and they, they look like something out of a video game. 
Look, it's uh, it is terrifying, but it, they're so fucking cool too. Yeah. I mean, what a waste of taxpayer money! But those <laughs> F-35s are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. If you don't live in the U.S., you might not be aware of the degree to which weird military recruiting spectacles have become a very normal part of our professional sporting events. A good slice of our military budget seems to be set aside for jets and helicopters to fly over football and baseball games to get people just rock hard for the troops. And it's kind of surprising that it's taken this long for there to be a miscommunication that could have nearly led to the U.S. Capitol's anti-air defenses being deployed. Uh, But that's what almost happened here. Washington National fans got to enjoy the sight of troops parachuting onto the field while everyone at the Capitol building and everyone whose job it is to protect them briefly thought that Washington, D.C. was being invaded by paratroopers. Uh, Anyways, the FAA ended up taking responsibility for failing to properly notify Capitol Police, uh, so big whoopsie. Our bad. It won't happen again. I always have my, my one story from this was in high school. They did this with the Golden Knights parachuting into a football game. One of the Golden Knights parachute uh, didn't fully, uh, he didn't die, but fell down, hit like a fence and fell. Uh, didn't fully deploy. Oh my God. And I was in, you know, news class, AV club, basically. And we filmed the entire thing and they came in and immediately confiscated all of our tapes. Interesting. Yeah. The Golden Knights don't mess up. And now no you one didn't will see ever anything. Know. You saw nothing. Yeah. You saw a perfect, flawless spectacle of military excellence. There's a black Escalade sitting outside the studio right now waiting for me for even retelling the story. And it's just a shame that there weren't any tapes in those cameras you guys were pointing at it. They literally Maybe came in time. and took all of the tapes. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of political oopsies, though... Um, U.S. Congressman and recurring Weekly Weird News character Madison Cawthorn was once again in the news this week for something quite unexpected, considering how loudly and adamantly he's been on and on and on about traditional Christian values, traditional gender roles, stuff like that. I mean, like like most hardcore conservatives, he has made recently transphobia a big part of his identity. Yeah. You know, a man's a man, a woman is a woman. That's it, according to Madison Cawthorn. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyone who says otherwise is literally grooming children, according to Madison Cawthorn. Anyway, this uh, this almost never happens. What, what we're about to tell you, this is it's very it's so rare, very rare. Yeah, but it would seem that we have a social conservative who may not be abiding by his own stated values. Wow! And that's because Politico dug up these fabulous photos of Madison Cawthorn appearing to uh, cross-dress and looking like he's really enjoying it. Probably the happiest we've ever seen. Yeah, like smiling in a way that I've never seen him smile while on stage at CPAC or anything like that. Literally having a fucking blast. Yeah. Yeah. So much much less tense than he usually looks. Yeah. In fact, he got up and walked around. (laughs) He was loving it. Oh, my God. The same way he gets up to stand for the flag he did uh, in this scenario. He got up like the grandpa in uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Right out of bed. Yeah. Yep. Now, hypocrisy aside, the response to this from a lot of liberals was, frankly, pretty gross. I mean, yeah, it is pretty surprising that Mr. Traditional Christian Values here would get caught doing something that he himself would be absolutely merciless about if it were someone he's ideologically opposed to. But a lot of the responses from ostensibly left-leaning people came off as kind of offensive to people who enjoy cross-dressing and aren't also total pieces of shit. And for his part, Cawthorn says these were just some just some goofy little vacation photos taken during an event on a cruise ship. Nothing gay about it. It just happened. Yeah, you know? and just... look, that's probably true. 
Though, again, he does seem to really be enjoying it. But whatever. Uh, anyways, the real takeaway here is that if you rat out your fellow Republican congressmen for their cocaine orgies, they will absolutely dig up whatever dirt you may have so that they can primary you and replace you with more of a team player. Which seems to be what's happening here. Uh, this wasn't the only thing just this week. He also uh, got pulled over again. Uh, for the oh, first, yeah. He's had so many tickets for like driving this without a like license. This is like the second time in yeah. like two weeks. But this one, they... Uh, they're letting uh, the, the people online do a little bit of the heavy lifting here because they straight up immediately, which doesn't happen often, but immediately released the uh, squad car footage of yeah, the, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, of this uh, you know traffic incident where uh, a woman who is clearly not his wife gets out of the passenger seat and like starts adjusting her clothes and uh, helps the trooper get his wheelchair out of the out of the truck. Well, he's divorced. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I didn't know he was fully officially divorced. No, then he, good for him. He announced his divorce like two days after saying, after yelling at young people for not getting married enough or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, that is weird. Yeah, you don't usually see dash cam footage, especially, well, immediately, especially yeah. of people uh, who seem to have some power. So they're hanging him out to dry. It really seems like uh, which, that's what's happening. Which further confirms that the cocaine orgies are real. Yes. Th thank you for your service, Mr. Whistleblower Madison Cawthorn. Yes. <laughs> I just love the idea that he actually didn't know shit about anything. Yeah, he's like, uh, and just accidentally, like, like face planted. How the fuck does he know? Yeah. Who told him? We would never invite him to these orgies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, another political oopsies from the past week. Up in Canada, our neighbors to the north, their Quebec Ministry of Health had a bit of a Ted Cruz moment over on Twitter. When it, well, porn Rudy? it tweeted out a little bit of porn Rudy. It tweeted out a link to a Pornhub foot fetish video instead of the latest COVID-19 data. And apparently they didn't notice the error for a full 30 minutes before deleting. And post. All right, time <laughs> yeah. for lunch. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, these are French Canadians. So, yeah, they take like a two-hour lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. No, after every post, know, they have a... Great work-life balance. Yeah, they have, Cigarette. To take, they have to take a 30-minute break after every post. Yeah. Yeah. But probably the reason that they didn't notice right away was they, they used... They used a bit.ly link shortener for the tweet. So it wasn't like, oh, Pornhub.com slash yeah. blah, blah, blah. It was, it was just bit.ly slash a bunch of letters and numbers underneath a message about COVID and a, a picture about COVID. But if you clicked that link, uh, it led to a Pornhub video titled Femdom Feet Worship by adult, adult performer Anna Russo. So evidently someone down at the Quebec Ministry of Health is in defeat and uh, they got they got their links mixed up. Probably a podiatrist. Whoops. Yeah. That man's name, Dr. Scholz. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, in addition to 420, this past week also had Easter Sunday, the Christian holiday celebrating the resurrection of Christ, which also happens to feature bunnies and eggs and baskets uh, for some reason. It's fun. Got to get the kids yeah. into it. Uh, down in Texas, at an Easter egg hunt for elementary school kids, an oopsie occurred, which at first glance would seem to validate some of the right-wing groomer panic currently sweeping the nation. But upon closer inspection is just a hilariously unfortunate misunderstanding. Here's the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. A parent dressed in an Easter bunny costume caused chaos after handing out eggs filled with candy and some packed with unopened condoms at an elementary school in Austin, Texas. Not sure this is the Austin weird I signed up for, parent Nathan Jensen said in an April 14th social media post. The candy and condom giveaway happened during pickup time, Jensen said. 
Gaunt Elementary School's officials sent a letter to parents explaining what happened and saying that the visit had not been planned or approved by staff, KXAN reported. That's the greatest thing. You can just show up in a bunny costume on Easter and they nobody's going to question it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the Easter bunny. Oh, let him in. Yeah. Look how elaborate He's, and beautiful that costume a, is. Look at that big basket of eggs. Uh, I can't wait to He's find probably out what's inside them. Yeah. yeah, this is exciting. We didn't plan this, but what a wonderful surprise. There could be anything in those eggs. Maybe much, even money. Like, much like the resurrection of Jesus. No one saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this sure sounds like a very clear-cut example of some pervert in an Easter Bunny costume. Maybe it's a furry and it was yeah. uh, misidentified. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, going about their day. And then now all of a sudden handing out condoms to young children to groom them into some sort of sexual activity. But the truth is, thankfully, much funnier than that. Thankfully. From the article, the parent is a pharmacist who is taking part in a safe sex clinic while dressed in a bunny suit, Jensen said in a tweet. Afterward, they went to pick up their second grade student from school and decided to hand out candy in costume. The parent, quote, got mobbed by kids and called her husband to bring more candy-filled eggs, the tweet said. Her husband brought the wrong eggs, and chaos ensued. So, very funny. Uh, a person trying to just bring some joy to the world. They already the, had the suit. These are the candy eggs, right? Not the condom literally eggs from two, the like, other... <laughs> like, literally two baskets sitting in the trunk. One's, one's like candy, one's condoms. Oh, jeez. The bows got switched. Oh, gosh. Who could imagine such a mess up? So yeah, let this be a lesson to always make sure not to mix up the Easter eggs that are meant for children with the Easter eggs that were meant for the safe sex seminar that you just attended. Yeah. Yeah. Should be easy. Yeah. Still uh, probably better that these kids find out what a condom is uh, this way rather than the normal way, which is finding a used one in the woods. Wow, gum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at this. I wonder if this balloon will blow up a second time. Look, Mommy, I made a balloon animal. Anyways, finally, here's a story that we hope does not end in another oopsie, but we'll all find out real soon. On Sunday, which might be the day that you're watching this, yeah. two daredevil cousins are going to attempt a live broadcasted stunt that has never been tried before. And the reason it's never been tried before is it it's, sounds completely fucking insane. Yeah. But they're doing it. Uh, here's ABC News. All eyes will be up to the skies above California on Sunday as two cousins dare to accomplish a never-before-seen air stunt. Luke Akins and Andy Farrington, longtime pilots, skydivers, and members of the Red Bull Air Force Aviation Crew, will attempt the first plane swap, where they will fly their planes close together, put them into a nosedive, and then skydive into each other's aircraft before making a safe landing. The pair will take off in their own Cessna 182 single-seat aircrafts and fly to an elevation of 14,000 feet. They will then pitch their planes into a synchronized nosedive, stop the engines, and use a custom air brake that will hold the planes in a controlled descent as they exit their own aircraft. Akins and Farrington will free-fly skydive towards each other's planes, catch up to the aircrafts, and enter the cockpits, disengage the air brake systems, restart the engines, and take control of the planes. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, but at least this one people know about, unlike that YouTuber who was just like, I'm going to crash the plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they fuck this one up, be like, well, that's why. He, they, and I they would tried assume, their best. I would assume they're doing it in over the desert or someplace where you can't start a uh, potential fire. <laughs> doing it right over downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, or like uh, the Angeles National Forest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I also hope 
I hope nothing goes wrong, if, but yes. Look, if you're not doing it over uh, a city filled with people, it's kind of like doing the trapeze yeah. over, a, over a net. It's barely a stunt. The only two lives at risk are his and mine. Yeah. Uh, we need to endanger the lives of like, thousands of people. Who wants to go watch a tightrope walker over a net when you can watch a tightrope walker go between the Twin Towers? Yeah. Yeah, that shit was wild. Mm-hmm. I can't even watch... And a great movie. I can't even watch that. I, I watched that movie once. I had sweaty palms the entire time. Just watching a fucking documentary. Very good, though. Man on wire. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be uh, that, uh, the plane swap. is going to be airing on Hulu on Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully, we, Right after wife swap. Yeah, hopefully we don't witness two men die horrific deaths uh, live on... I'm sure they have a tape delay. ...the TV, but, uh, yeah. Both men made it safely back to their home planet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we lost the footage, uh, but they, they made We're it. We're assuming that everything went okay. The government came into our AV club and took all the tapes, but trust us, they, uh, they the landed go- just fine. The government is a man in a silver suit with a Red Bull logo. <laughs> yeah. Here, have some free Red Bull. <laughs> you didn't see this. <laughs> you didn't see anything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so these guys, you know, it seems like they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're not going into this. They're not in over their heads like uh, that, that poor rocket man that was finally killed by one of his rockets a few years ago. So I guess we'll find out soon enough, though. Um, or the numerous flying Walendas who have fallen from doing tightrope walks. Yeah. I yeah. hope it works out. Yeah. But uh, moving on now, we do have the headlines half of the show coming right up. But first, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Fellas, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WEIRDNEWS. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like fresh tulips, the tulips that your partner wants. Uh, to start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. It's waterproof as well, so no need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Uh, equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine, clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker in addition to that. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Then make sure to get rid of the foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, and the Crop Reviver, spray-on toner for your balls. It's getting hot out there. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leaving them smelling like fresh flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your Lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Smell oh so fresh and so clean this spring and check yourself before you wreck yourself so get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WEIRDNEWS at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code WEIRDNEWS at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Click the link below. Go to that link. Thank you for supporting the show. Now, let's get into the weirdest, craziest headlines from around the world from this past week. Yeah, let's, let's see what's going on in Ukraine. Mm. Ukrainian man uses Apple's Find My feature on stolen AirPods to trace Russian troops. Modern problems require modern solutions. 
Yeah, because uh, so these these Russians, they're just they're looting everywhere they go through. Uh, yeah, they're I mean they're for like food, obviously, and gasoline, but they're uh, apparently also a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they saw a free pair of iP- iP- AirPods. Uh, can't even get these anymore in Russia ever since Apple pulled out. So, yoink! Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this random dude, he's like, "Oh shit, the Russians took my AirPods. Let me see if I can trace these." And just traced the the movements of a specific column of troops, like very precisely. They went, they like moved a certain way. They went back to Belarus to rearm and. Uh, uh, I think they started heading back. So uh, yeah, at some point you're just like, nah, just let them, let them go, and we'll get all the information we need. Yeah, like when the uh, army was accidentally, inadvertently being tracked by like Fitbit or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, they should have, they should have just airdropped a whole, just it's you know, just all AirPods. Yeah, just like sprinkle them around in areas to be like, oh, oh free AirPods, cool. Yeah, little air tags. On I things. can listen to uh, let the bodies hit the floor while I do my army thing. Just wow, like come, the Americans. They come preloaded with MTV's Headbangers Ball wow. Scene compilation. Nice. Yeah. Wow, he's listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but this is great. I mean, they should uh, be throwing around little air tags and everything everywhere. They should. There you go. Uh, more Ukrainian news. Ukrainian millionaire had troops bomb his new home after Russians seized it. So this is a similar thing. Uh, this guy built this lovely new house. Uh and then the Russians came through and occupied it while he wasn't home. Um, treated his 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 staff very poorly. Made them made them march out in the cold, mm-hmm. tens of miles to the nearest shelter. Uh, and he the place was of course wired up with cameras. They took them all out except for one that they didn't notice. And once once this guy was uh, abundantly sure that. Everyone using this house was a uh, Russian troop, and that they clearly were using it as kind of a, a little retreat, a little yeah. home base. Uh, he was just like, all right, yeah, I mean, here's, they're here. Do with that information what you will. And yeah, bomb the shit out of it. Wow. So he lost the house, but um, he got to kill a lot of Russians in the process. So mm-hmm. there you go. You know, that's, that's its own reward. Police come 40 minutes after public masturbator does. Da da da. But really, why are they taking 40 minutes? Yeah, this wasn't this in Long Beach? Yeah. Yeah. You would think the response time would be a little bit better. No. All the co- I don't know about Long Beach, but I know I know all the LA cops, they they love being like, "Well, we'd come quicker, but you defunded us." And it's like, "No, we didn't." Yeah, they'll like, "Uh, no, we fucking didn't." Finish their lunch, take yeah. some time, extra time no matter what. Yeah, SoCal cops are just the laziest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. And this was like in front of like a hair salon. Yeah. There's a dude just public, staring, like, staring directly center. in, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... Disgusting. It's fucking wild. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the man is still apparently at large. And with response times like this, he may never be caught. Yeah. Unless he's into some tantric shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's his mistake. <sighs> yeah. Hard truths. Canadian penis is 12th biggest in the world. U.S. comes up short at 59th. What? Study, study finds. <laughs> what? It's a hard truth. Wow. Uh, I... I Every time, every couple of years, one of these studies studies is released, and it's all self-reported data. So yes, yeah, of course. Completely fucking meaningless. You know, where are they measuring from? The butthole, right? But yeah. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the U.S. on this chart, the U.S. is just one slot above Japan. That's because they're using the metric system. They're not converting it correctly. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Five centimeters. No way. Five feet. 
Put it in a museum. <laughs> Put this baby in a museum. It's a real uh, wonder of the world here. Yeah. Speaking of penises, baby born with two penises has larger one chopped off by doctors. Oh, this is going to be very upsetting when they're older. Mom, dad, why did you let them take my big penis and leave me with this little fucking shriveled noodle right here? It's the new George Costanza in the pool excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... No! Doctors cut off my big one! They wanted to let the baby keep the larger penis, but um, they weren't sure that... He it would could... skew the results of the previous time. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't sure that he could pee out of it. He was mm. peeing good out of the small one, the big one. They're just like, I don't know. We might need to like rewire his urethra or something, and he's a tiny baby, and that sounds hard. So let's just, let's just go with the dick that we are 100% sure that works, which happens to be the tiny dick. Hopefully, this doesn't fuck up this kid's life uh, and give him a complex about things uh, when he's older. Yeah. You hope not. It'd be a real shame. Dublin Airport got 12,272 noise complaints last year from just one person, which just the math on this is staggering. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's like dozens of calls every day. Yeah. All year long. Every time and there's every a Every single one is just like, can you keep it down? A plane just flew over my house and it was loud. Are you the same woman from before? Yeah, but this is a different plane. It happened again. What are you going to do about it? So that's annoying. Yeah, uh, this is going to happen. uh, Specific little bit of local news. Uh, There's a Fry's Electronics, an old Fry's. They're turning that into like high density apartments. And it's literally where the the planes take off directly over it. Yeah. Yeah. And these hmm. people are going to be paying like $3,000 a month. Yeah, there's a reason there's no residence, residential around there. It's all like retail and offices. There's, it's, a, it's a fucking uh, graveyard. There's a cemetery yeah. next to it. But uh, yeah. I mean, at least when I lived by LAX, all the apartments in the flight path there are required by law to have uh, soundproof glass. You hope that this has it, yeah. So, yeah. But LAX, you're mostly having, like, the landing is less noisy than the takeoff. Uh, not by much, but uh, back when LAX was built, they did, like, move a lot of people out. Like, just, hey, by the way, you don't live here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, the bluff is just, I think they used to drop bombs there. Before if you, when, you're, the when you're taking <laughs> off there, you can see all the old roads from the neighborhood that, yeah. that used to be there. Uh, have you ever flown out of uh, John Wayne Airport yeah. in Orange County? So that that one has an interesting flight path because it's it's in South Orange County where the rich people live, and planes take off right over. Oh, isn't it like a really vertical takeoff? Yeah, basically because the people in like Newport Coast, where the houses are like ten million dollars, they didn't like all this. Like what? When I moved here, I didn't know that I was in a flight path. I didn't look at a map, so they successfully petitioned to have John Wayne Airport take off basically vertically and do just like the most terrifying takeoff route I've ever encountered on an airplane. And it's, it, it, I mean, I guess it, it, there's never been any problems with it, but it is I've heard stories weird. about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you don't expect it if you've never done it before. It's fun. Speaking of taking off, Elon Musk says almost anyone can afford $100,000, a hypothetical price point for a SpaceX ticket to Mars. I mean, as a price point for going to Mars, I feel like it's reasonable, I guess. Yeah, it's also this. This is stupid on so many levels. Um, The biggest being that 
like voluntary like pleasure trips to Mars are so far off as a possibility. Yeah. Like that is that is probably at least a hundred years away. You would assume the yeah. the first few decades at least of Mars colonization are going to be people that choose to go there and don't have to pay a fee. They are they are going there to spend the, to live and die on Mars and probably die a lonely uh, painful cancer-ridden death. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just it's funny he's talking about it like, "Oh yeah, like I don't know, $100,000." Maybe once once those Tesla robo taxis are out there, um, then after that, um, $100,000 ticket to Mars. Well, in re- <laughs> okay. In reality, because of the length of time and inflation, $100,000 yeah, by that. It will actually be, be reasonable. Yeah. It'd be like a plane ticket. So actually he's right. I take it back. Right, yeah. How could I question Elon's wisdom? And he'll never live long enough to be wrong. Yeah. He Yeah. What a guy. You inhaled it. Man inhales drill bit during dental visit. <laughs> oh my god. That is horrific. Yeah, this is a, I I'm going to think about this uh anytime I'm at a dentist. Because yeah, he didn't swallow it. He literally somehow it went oh. down his airway. And it 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 got lodged in his lung. Oh! They had to use like this very specialized tool to get it out. Hopefully, had a doctor and not the dentist. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you you stay the fuck away? Yeah. I want this guy to do it. They're like, oh, geez, we dropped we dropped the tool that we were going to use to get the drill bit. It it fell into your lung as well. Yeah. So we're going to get a different tool. But yeah, I didn't know this. I mean, it must be a a dental drill is very small. Sure, but just terrifying. (gasps) Jesus. Crews rescue woman who fell in vault toilet in Olympic National Forest after her phone fell in. What's a vault? I mean, this is disgusting, but what's a vault toilet? Uh, it's a type of, like, the public uh, outdoor toilets. It's like a permanent porta potty but it has... It's different than just being a pit. Like, it's a, it's a specialized sort of tank. Um, you don't want to get trapped uh, yeah, in Yeah, I one. would assume that you do not want to uh, go into I mean, it. just because you're full of piss and shit from potentially hundreds of people, but also, like, uh, the way the vault toilet works is, uh, it's, it, the smell is not as bad, and that's because the smell, the gases are trapped in the vault, which is good if you're not in the vault, but if you're in the vault, that's, uh, you could die from breathing in too much, (laughs) too much doo-doo. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you ever find yourself dropping your phone into a, a toilet, yeah, probably just, I mean, really, once, even if you do manage to get it up, like, you're not going to want That's always going to be the toilet that you drop, or the, the phone that you dropped in a public toilet. Not worth it. It's never going to be clean. Claim it was lost on your, with your credit card company or something. Yeah. They also, like, this woman, when they finally got her out, they're like, you really, really should go to a doctor. You might have an infection. Right now. Yeah. You have a lot of shots you need to get. And she's just like, nah, I feel fine. This is, uh, God, what movie was it? Some remake of an old horror movie where this happens as one of the deaths in the movie. Oh. Not Final Destination? No, no, no. no. It was like mid-2000s, though. I don't know. Anyways, it's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Portable nuclear device missing from stolen vehicle in Pennsylvania. Whoops. Whoops. (laughs) Butterfingers. Uh, So, it's... Nuclear device sounds sinister. It's, It's a construction device used to, like measure the density of the ground or something, but it does have nuclear material in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're worried that, uh, like, it, it ended up in a stolen vehicle, but then that vehicle got in a crash, and they believe that it may have been damaged, which would 
possibly leak radiation. Yeah, that's probably bad. Uh, there's uh, there's this whole story out of uh, like one of the one of the worst nuclear accidents ever was happened in Brazil a couple decades ago because. Uh, these people in like a really poor part of Brazil went down, like their main thing was just going down to the local junkyard and finding scrap to sell. And they found this, uh, this device. They didn't know what it was, but it was a fucking, it was a medical like radiology device that was improperly dumped. And, uh, they started taking it apart for scrap and they, they found, Oh, this, this cool rock inside of it that glows in the dark. And it was like in this village, like everyone wanted to, that's the Tesla. Everyone wanted to have the rock. Like they yeah. passed the rock around, and like just all these people taking like lethal doses of radiation from like cobalt or some shit. Uh, and I think they all fucking died. So hopefully nothing like that happens. Yeah, I hope they find this if missing. You, if you see a device. glowing rock somewhere, don't touch it. Leave it alone. It's one of Thanos's missing rocks. And final headline: Probing Uranus is top priority this decade. U.S. science advisors say. Probing. Uranus. I love that, like... Uranus. Even if they had to do fundraising for this from the taxpayers, like, everyone's like, yeah, it's a pretty funny joke. We should probably do it. Yeah. I pledge, uh... I pledge $10 billion to probe Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they're going to find in Uranus? Um... Some real dark shit, I imagine. Yeah. Hopefully they don't unlock something that... Terrors uh, <laughs> beyond human comprehension. Yeah. Well, well, I'll just have to wait and see. Isn't it true that Uranus is, like, covered in a cloud of methane? I think so. There's not, it's something <laughs> stupid like that, yeah. It's like, of course it fucking is. Pronounced of course Uranus. it smells like farts. Uranus? Anyway, that's exciting. Yeah, we're all excited about this latest science news. Yeah, send me to Uranus. Yeah. Anyways, if you haven't seen it already, uh, there's a new leader in terrible streaming yeah, launches. step aside, Quibi. I don't think anything's going to be able to beat this one. CNN Plus. CNN Plus, uh, if you want to see our, uh, our coverage of that alongside Rudy Giuliani on The Masked Singer, uh, check that out. Uh, also, Elon has said once again, funding is secured. Twitter will be his, by, by God. <sighs> yeah. So uh, check both of those episodes out. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment. Thank you if you clicked the join button yesterday. A couple people tweeted and uh, showed that they did it. Let's let Internet Today beat CNN Plus. Yeah. Clicking the join button. Check both those out, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.